This week on The Perfect Scam. He was the one that eventually brought it to me saying like, have you thought about investing? And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. With cryptocurrency, it's just so volatile. I, I just don't know how comfortable I'd be doing it by myself. And he's like, well, I could teach you. We've talked a lot about romance scams through the years, but there's a new variation on this old theme that we want to make sure you know about. So today you're going to meet a remarkable young woman who'd finished college, got a job working remotely in social media, and moved in with her dad. Now that's not so unusual, but it's where they moved that you'll find interesting. They moved and, well, they kept on moving. My name is Nikki Hutchinson, and I am currently residing in Tennessee. I'm a full-time RVer with my dad. You're a full-time RVer? Yes. Yeah. So there's no, like, set location for me at this current moment. So we are currently in this, it's a Fleetwood Bounder. So that's the brand and everything. And we have, like, a Class A kitchen bed. So it, it's kind of, a, it's just become our home. And it's one of those things we've never RV'd before in our lives. But my dad retired last year and wanted, that was his dream. And so I kind of was going to help him along for at least a year to him to get acclimated to it. And it's been really enjoyable. Nikki and her dad have left behind a regular street address. They are what some people call digital nomads. They live in an RV full time. At the moment, bouncing from state park to state park. Right now we're in Manchester, Tennessee. So we're in this park called Oldstone Fort Park, and it's it's really beautiful. It's got beautiful waterfalls. So if you ever are in Tennessee, you should definitely make your way out here. I'm sold. <laughs> when you open the RV door in the morning, what do you see? Well, as soon as you open the door, you will see beautiful trees. Obviously, it's now fall, so the leaves are changing, which is really nice. And right now, currently in Tennessee, it's in the 70s, so it's good good time to just kind of you know, ride bikes. We're close to water and a waterfall, so we actually go fishing in the mornings. And then sometimes parks have playgrounds or tennis courts, so my dad and I will play tennis. And we'll just do, you know, walks together, and it's just really beautiful, and I love to take photos as well, so that's something I really enjoy doing in these parks. Nikki, you have probably already guessed, has a unique relationship with her dad. I mean, I don't think a lot of people have that opportunity as well as, you know, when you're younger, you just want to do your own thing. So it is nice to have my dad around since he wasn't around when I was in high school because my parents were divorced. So it's just been nice to catch up. Are the two of you pitching a TV show about your experience? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would love that, honestly. That would be so cool. So maybe in the future, I can maybe do YouTube videos. But that is definitely something I think not a lot of people get to see, I guess, a daughter and dad duo in an RV. So I do think that's a little bit unique and we have a really good friendship. So I'm really blessed to have him in my life. It's good they're close because they need each other right now. Nikki's mom died two years ago and her grandmother died just recently. So my grandmother, who she lived in the same house as where I grew up in. So we always had a very close bond at the time. So yeah, it was, it was really hard because obviously I lost my mom in 2020. And so to lose my grandmother was really hard, but I just know they're in such a better place. And so for that, I'm very grateful. Living with her dad in an RV wasn't the master plan, but well, that's where our story begins. Soon after, Nikki's mom passes away about two years ago. 
COVID was happening. And so once I graduated college, I moved back home to Tennessee to take care of my mother's assets and to take care of the house. At that time, my dad moved in to also help me because obviously I never thought I'd lose my mother at such a young age. And so it was all new to me. But fast forwarding a little bit, we decided to sell the house back in 2021 in October. And so with that, my dad and I split the profits. They agree that Nikki will use some of her proceeds from the sale, a little more than $500,000, to help start her career. A lot of the money will be used to help pay for long-term care of Nikki's grandmother, who was starting to get ill at the time. And the rest will help Dad realize a lifelong dream. He was turning 65, so he would retire and use some of the money to buy that RV he'd always dreamt about. But first, father and daughter, they decide to rent a place in Florida for the winter. So while Dad does his RV shopping, Nikki plans a two-week trip to California to see friends and to explore the idea of moving there permanently for her job as a social media manager. Making graphics and anything pertaining to social, IG, TikTok, all that stuff. I was planning on visiting the studio that I work for and also just like getting to feel for the area because I went to school out in San Francisco, but my best friend lives in Southern California. And we kind of talked about, you know, potentially moving in together as roommates. And it just kind of felt natural to be out there and just trying to find some grounds of where I can lay my roots, essentially. Okay, so you're there for two weeks and, you know, you're, you're checking out everything, including, you know, what kind of social life you might have if you move there, right? Correct. Yes. Again, that was during COVID. So it was still kind of like in between of like people are going out, but people are still, you know, communicating through apps and stuff. And that's kind of why I downloaded a dating app, kind of not so much looking for a romantic relationship, but open to the idea but more so just finding connections. A few days after arriving in California, the connections roll in. Yeah, so I'm going on Hinge. I make a profile, having good conversations with different people, talking to boys and girls, just trying to make connections with people. And that's where I met this guy named Hal. And that's kind of where everything starts. Nikki was adopted from China at 18 months old, and she doesn't remember anything about it. But she does know where she was born, and it's stunning how was born there, too. On his profile, he says, from Anway. So I kind of just brought up, like, yeah, I'm adopted. I'm from Anway. And he's like, oh, I'm from Anway. And I said, that's crazy that you're from Anway. I haven't met anyone from Anway. And he's like, you could be my long-lost sister. So I thought, wow, what are the odds in meeting someone from the Anway province? But he said he was in LA and his occupation was like a family business job. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Intrigued, Nikki keeps chatting with Hal, but she's not that intrigued. He was very flirty at first. And personally for me, I just don't, you know, I'm not that type of person to be flirty at first. So I was pretty much like, just wanting to get to know him. I kind of told him pretty straightforward of like, let's just start out as friends and see where it goes. And again, this was all via hinge communication. We eventually move over to WhatsApp and that's where things really change in terms of dynamic of just me having clear idea that I don't see anything romantic with him just because the way he texted was very formal. It felt very much, I would say, like being taught English in school, it felt very formal in that sense. And I kind of 
knew that ahead of time in terms of just like, okay, well, if he's from China, you know, there's obviously going to be some sort of language barrier. Nikki's only got a few more days left in California, and she's still hoping to make friends there. So the conversation switches to more friendly topics like hobbies. He rattled off a ton and then ended with investing in cryptocurrency. But I was like, oh, that's really cool that you know cryptocurrency. I'm still trying to learn. And so he's like, oh, yeah, I've helped my friends before. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then we kind of dropped the subject. And he was the one that eventually brought it back up to me saying, like, have you thought about investing? And I'm like, yeah, I've kind of, I've, I've thought about investing, but I don't even know where to begin. And, you know, with cryptocurrency, it's just so volatile. I, I just, I don't know how comfortable I'd be doing it by myself. And he's like, well, I could teach you. By then, Nikki and Howe have shared a lot over chat. He knows that her mother has died, for example, and he knows her grandmother at the time is getting sick. Howe says he normally only helps very close friends with their investments, but he's ready to make an exception for Nikki. I feel sad for you for what happened to your mom and and stuff and how you're taking care of your grandmother. At that point, he was like, well, let me teach you. And I'm like, okay, well, when do you want to do it? He says, why don't we do it that night? And that was probably third or fourth night of meeting one another. And so I was like, okay, well, this would be, in my head, a great time to see him in person in terms of like a a video chat. That's what I I thought was going to happen. I thought he was going to like be on a chat with me and tell me like tips and tricks of crypto. And so it's like, I can teach you this night. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Again, I was in California. So I had my friend next to me on the couch. And so I texted him and said, okay, what's our like game plan? Like, are we going to use FaceTime, Zoom, Google Meet? And he's like, what are you talking about? We can chat over WhatsApp. And I was like, I thought you were going to teach me crypto. He's like, yeah, I can teach you on WhatsApp. I was like, well, why don't we just like hop on a quick call, you know? And he's like, I'm shy. And I'm like, okay, I'm super shy too. So I'm like, it's okay. Like I'm shy too. It can be a quick one. And he's like, he was adamant at first. And he was like, okay, fine, a quick one. And so, you know, I'm preparing myself because I'm nervous to meet any person, especially a guy. So I was like, okay, cool. And so I'm, he calls me via WhatsApp and my best friend actually is recording my conversation over on the couch because I couldn't record it. Apparently on WhatsApp, you can't record video calls. And so I'm prepared to see this guy's face. And what I see is an eyeball. And I'm just like, hi. And he's like, hi. And I could tell he had a very thick accent. And I was like, well, it's so nice to meet you. And he's like, it's nice to meet you in a, a thick accent. And I was like, well, I'm super excited to learn crypto. And he hangs up on me. I mean, the call is literally 10 seconds. He, the call is 10 seconds? And all I see is this eyeball. A little bit, I'm like, okay, this guy's really shy. Just an eyeball. All right. Here's what that call sounded like from Nikki's point of view. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> You're good? You are shy. I like you. <laughs> oh, you like me? <laughs> Maybe he's just, you know really odd and really shy. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So he texts me back immediately saying, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And I was just like, okay, yeah, it was really nice to meet you. Like I didn't even talk about the comment he wrote. And so he was like, well, I really want to teach you 
cryptocurrency right now and like how to invest. And I was like, okay. And that's where we started to, or where I started to learn how to invest in crypto. Hal walks Nikki through every single step of the process. They start off very small. Here's the link to, you know, make an account with crypto.com. So I was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I've heard of it. I've never made an account. So he walks me through it. He says, screenshot everything and I'll walk you through it. So I screenshot everything, send it to him via WhatsApp. He marks it and writes where to click and stuff. And from there, he's like, okay, now you need to set up your investment platform account, which is where you would, you know, buy and sell cryptocurrency. So I was like, okay. So he sends me the link again. He's like, don't worry. I'll walk you through it. And I'm just, you know, going through the motions of screenshotting, making an account and everything. So once we have all of that taken care of, he's like, are you ready to invest? And I'm like, I told him, I said, I'm super nervous. Like I've never invested before. I don't even know how much to put in. And, and like, I was very hesitant even to put in money, but he was like, don't worry. Like I will walk you through. Let's start small. He suggested like, you know, put in $200 to see how it goes. And I was like, okay, obviously 200 still is a lot of money. And I was like nervous about that, but I was like, okay, well I do have a nest egg now that I have some money. I was like, okay, I'll put in 200, see how it goes. Within a few minutes, it looks like she's already made money on her investment. He's like, oh my gosh, you made like I think I made maybe $50 or something, $50 to $80. I was like, Hmm. I was really confused. And I was like, I don't get this. Like, is this really how crypto works? I was still skeptical, but still like open-minded in that sense. And he's like, that's really amazing that you got, you know, you made $80. And I asked him, like, I don't even know how you knew when to buy and sell. Like, how do you know? And he's like, don't worry, I'll teach you that later. And I was like, okay. Right away, Howe suggests Nikki start investing more in crypto. You know, he's like, well, how did you like it? I was like, I told him, like, I don't know what I did, but I mean, I guess I did good. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you did great. You should invest some more. Do you want to do another 200 or 100? And I was like, I was telling him, like, well, I still have student loans to pay off. And like, I don't know if I want to invest anymore. He's like, it's the right time. You need to do it now. You got, he would say, you got to seize the moment. And that was like what he's told me a lot through these conversations of buying and selling. And I was just like, in social media and news, crypto was so big and people were becoming millionaires and making good money off of crypto. I was like, wow, well, if, if I'm doing well and he knows what he's doing, then I'm like, this seems to be working. And I was trusting this platform. And so I started investing more. I think that night, even though I was really nervous, I was like sweating while doing it. Got me to like put in a thousand dollars, roughly a thousand dollars that night. Still nervous, she invests in more crypto. But it looks like she's making money. Not all the time, mind you. I did see some red numbers where I lost maybe 200, but I gained it all back with the buying and selling that he was helping me from. So Yes, I lost some, but I also gained some. And I think that night I maybe made 200, 300 in profits in terms of what I put in. So he would always tell me like screenshot what I made and like show it to him to make sure, you know, you're making profits. And that's what I did. And he's like, that's awesome. You made $300. And I was just like, still in shock. Like, I I don't understand it. Uh, I still don't understand how it really works, but it's just a weird concept to know like you made profits through buying and selling. At this point, Nikki is hooked. 
Even after her trip to California ends, she keeps chatting with Howe and keeps investing with him. And the stakes just keep getting higher. Yeah, so eventually I go back to Florida. We were also making trips back to Tennessee every other weekend to check on my grandmother. So I was making eventually bank transfers in Tennessee as well as Florida to make these huge wire transfers into crypto.com and then move that money or move that cryptocurrency over to this platform. And that's when Hal brings up his very big dreams for Nikki. I was still like very skeptical, even though I was making profits, I was still telling him like, I don't know how much I can invest anymore. Like I'm, I just, I get scared. Like I've obviously never had this money. So I'm like, I just don't want to, you know, waste it on this investment, even though I am seeing profits. And he's like, he kept saying like, you're doing great. Like I calculated everything that you could potentially be a millionaire by the end of December. And I told him, said, that's crazy. Like, I don't understand that. Um, He's like, well, you're doing really well. I think you should invest right now. Cryptocurrency is so hot. And so I was like, yeah, I am seeing it in the news and stuff. He was like saying, well, why don't you invest some more? And so I, you know, what was a couple hundred became thousands. And then eventually he started telling me like, I want you to get to these tiers. He wanted me to reach 10K and then eventually it led to 50K to 75k and just all the way up to he wanted me to eventually get by the end of December to 400k. There is no way Nikki can invest $400,000 in crypto even if she puts in every last dollar that her mom left her through the house. But how has a plan for that? You know, at this point, I invested a lot. I at least invested 100k because I was seeing profits go up and at that point I saw like I think I made 80K in profits at that time. And so with that being said, like, he was like, well, I I kept telling him, like, I just don't feel comfortable putting in any more money. And he was the one to suggest, like, well, do you have a 401k? And do you have, like, can you take out a loan and stuff? I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm only 24. No, of course I don't have a 401k. I don't have any type of that. And he, and he was like, well, can you take out a loan? And I'm like, I have student debt. Like, there's no way I can take out a loan. And especially how big he wanted. He wanted me to take out a 50k loan. I was just like, uh, that's impossible. I can't do that. Hal asked me, he's like, well, have you thought about getting your dad involved in, in investing? Because you're making really good profits. And I was just like, Absolutely not. Like my dad's 66. Well, now he's 67, but at the time, 66. And I was like, no, no, like he doesn't know crypto. Like I'm still learning crypto. I don't feel comfortable with him getting invested in it. And he's like, well, you're doing really good. I believe that, you know, you can share with him what you're doing and see if he's open to it. And I was just like, I just don't think he would do it. And I don't want him to like, I just don't want to pressure him into putting in his own money into this platform. But Howe keeps insisting that she just talk to her dad about her investments. And eventually, she does. You know, I had the conversation with my dad in terms of just saying, like, he knew about it. My dad knew about it because he was helping me drive to banks to wire mm. transfer my money. So he knew I was doing cryptocurrency. It wasn't like I was hiding anything. And so we were in Florida and I just brought it up of like, hey, dad, I'm doing really really well in crypto. Like I wanted to show him my profits. And again, I could have my numbers a little wrong since it's been a while, but I think I invested 
close to 200K. And so I made around, I would say 180K in terms of profits, which is really great. Again, still super like a weird concept to me. And so he saw the profits and he said he was really proud of me that I was investing and that the investment was going well. And so I just was like, you know, you could come in with me if you want, but I'm not going to pressure you. Like there's, if you don't feel comfortable, no worries about it. And he's like, I'll think about it. It doesn't take very long. A few hours later, he says. He was like, you know what? I see you're doing really well and I want to invest with you. Can I just go in with you on the same platform instead of him making his own account and stuff? And I said, yeah, of course. Like what we can do is do what we did last time is split the profits that we make and hopefully have more than we, we had prior to the house. So dad and daughter throw in their investment dreams together. This now was early December. I would say end of November, early December is when my dad started to help invest in it. And so I think at his time, he had like roughly 180 because he did pay for his RV in cash. And it seems to pay off quickly. We were seeing profits. And by the end of December, we reached 1.2 million. And that was a crazy concept to me. Both my dad and I were just like, in awe of like that type of number. We like, it just didn't seem real. The account says that they have more than $1 million. So much that Howe says, maybe it's time for some profit taking. Howe texted me close to the end of December. He was like, are you ready to withdraw? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to withdraw. Like, I know you told me you've done it before. And I was like, can you walk me through it? And he's like, yes, of course. So he told me to go to the platform, go to customer service, say that you'd like to withdraw. And then that's where I got hit with something that I never thought would happen. Something she never thought would happen. Withdrawing money is not so simple. The customer service person said, you can withdraw your money, but you have to pay your taxes first before you can withdraw. And the taxes were close to 380K. And my heart dropped, like my stomach dropped, everything dropped. I didn't know what I was reading at that point. I was freaking out because my dad and I invested pretty much everything into it, all our house money. And it it was just a weird, because he never told me how, never mentioned you would have to pay taxes before you can get your money back. And she remembers asking him about withdrawals earlier. And so I go back to Hal and I screenshot what the customer service person told me. And Hal pretty much says, oh, it looks like you have to pay 380K. And I was furious in terms of just like in panic mode. I was like, you never told me about this. I thought you've withdrawn before. He said, oh, I've never withdrawn before. My money's still in the a platform. And I was just like, you told me that. And he's like, I've never told you that. And so... I was freaking out because I'm like, oh my gosh, did he not tell me that? And looking back, he did tell me that. I have it in text messages. But it was just a scary feeling because I'm like, we don't have this money. We barely, my dad and I barely had $1,000 combined at that point. And it was about to be Christmas and we didn't have any money really. And so I was like, I can't pay these taxes. I don't know what to do. And he was like, stop freaking out. Over text messages, Nikki tries to make sense of it all. And she's desperate for help, but help doesn't come. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I I can't get this type of money. He's like, we'll figure this out together. I'll see if I can help 
pay your taxes. I was like, no, I don't want you to do that. And he's like, don't worry about it. I'll help you. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to even pay, like help pay for it. And he's like, well, has your dad got a 401k or do you have rich friends? I'm like, oh my gosh, like, no, my dad does not have a 401k. He has a fixed income from social and he's retired. So no, he doesn't have that. And like rich friends, like I'm not going to ask my friends. Plus none of my friends are like wealthy enough like that to ask for that type of money. And he was like, well, I don't know what you're going to do is what he came back with. And then how zeroes in on the last thing that Nikki and her dad have of value. He's like, well, have you thought about selling your RV? And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, of course not. I'm not going to tell my dad to sell the RV. And he was like, well, I think that's the only way you can get your money, like pay some of the taxes. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. And in a theoretical world, if we did sell the RV, it wouldn't cover the price of the taxes because cars, RVs, anything depreciates once it's off the lot. And so I told him, I was like, no, there's, that's not an option. He was like, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but we'll try to figure something out. Right then, a clock starts ticking on Nikki's options, and other dark thoughts start ticking in her mind. Mind you, on top of this, the taxes, they also said you had 15 days to pay it off or your account's frozen. So I was freaking out because now there's a time limit to paying these taxes off. And so that's where I started second guessing. I'm like, is this even legit? Like, this doesn't sound right. Like, I thought, yes, you got to pay taxes on crypto and stuff, but I thought you could always pay it from the profits that you made. And so I went to customer service. I said, well, why can't I just pay the profits that I've made and use that as my taxes? And they said, no, you can't do that. And so I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do. One thing she knows she has to do at this point, she has to tell her dad. All the money from that house sale, it's all been put into cryptocurrency and Nikki has no idea how to get any of it back. And so at that point, we were still in Florida when I found out about these taxes. The day after, we were supposed to drive up to Tennessee to go see my grandmother, to check on her, and also to see my other grandmother for Christmas. And this was before Christmas. This is just like a little Christmas dinner. And so I was freaking out. Like my dad and I driving up, I was dead silent. And I'm usually singing. My dad and I are both singing. We're chit-chatting. But I was just on my phone, just trying to figure out what to do, texting how, trying to figure out what we can do. And I just knew in the back of my head, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to tell my dad. Like, I don't know how he's going to react. And the worst feeling I felt was just guilt. I, Besides me losing the money, my fear was the fact that he invested his money as well. And that was something that he was going to retire off of. That's where I was freaking out because I was like, you know, yeah, it's my money and it's money that I don't have. But the fact that I got my 66-year-old dad to invest in this and trust me was really hard. And I was scared because I was like, I don't know. I, I just didn't know what I was going to say. Eventually, dad opens the door for this most painful of conversations. And he has a most unexpected reaction. 
And so once we made it up to Tennessee, we were in our, our little hotel and he just knew something was up. He could tell by my energy and how I wasn't eating, I wasn't talking. And he just said, what's wrong? And I just said nothing. And he's like, no, there's something going on. Tell me what's wrong. And then that's when I just broke down. I broke down crying and sobbing. And I I, I couldn't barely speak because I was just hyperventilating at that, that time of just like, I... I think we're in a scam and he's like what are you talking about and I'm like these this platform wants us to pay taxes that we can't even pay and he's like well how much are these taxes and I was scared to tell him the number but I told him it was like 380k and all he did was hug me he said it's gonna be all right and I was I wasn't expecting that but I knew my dad loved me so I was just so grateful to have him, you know, because that can make or break, you know, families, especially money and stuff. And so, you know, losing my mother, I was scared to lose my dad. And so it was just a hard conversation to have. And the fact that he hugged me and said, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. So that's what Nikki does next. She reads about crypto scams online. I started doing research. It was crazy to read a thread or an article that aligns almost perfectly with what I had, you know, gone through. Even still, Nikki wavers between surrendering to the idea that her money is gone and trying to somehow get it back. I still felt like, well, if I paid these taxes, would I get my money back? And it was that weird, you know, in between of like, is this real? Is this legit? Or is this fake? And so, I battled with that of like, maybe if I pay these taxes, we will get our money back if I plead enough to the, you know, the platform. But at the end of it, I was like, there's no way. There's no way, especially when they started, you know, doing research on my own about these taxes that people have paid them. Some of them have paid them and they don't get anything back. And so I was like, I can't, I can't do that to my dad. And I can't do that to myself where if we take out a loan, you know, and it's not going to happen. There was just no way. So it was a hard pill to swallow to know that, you know, I put my dad and myself in this position thinking that I was benefiting us. Like I was, I, I truly believe that I was helping my dad never have to worry about money ever again. And, you know, for me to start my career in California and stuff. So I had plans. We both dreamed of things of like what we were going to do and stuff. So having that reality check of like, this isn't real, your money's probably never coming back, was really hard. At first, Nikki is in a very dark place about it all. Everyone, you know, functions a different way, but I felt like I had no one to speak to. Like, I I felt like I was so alone and isolated and I physically and mentally, like I was in Florida where none of my friends were. It was just my dad and I, and you know, being in my room, I didn't know what to do. I felt so alone. And so that's when I started doing more research of trying to figure out what can I do if I'm in a scam. And so I actually found this organization, the Global Anti-Scam Organization that has a community for people who have been victims. And so I reached out to them and talked to one of their um, customer service representatives or like their volunteer chat, I should say. And they said, oh, we have a, you know, a WhatsApp group that has all victims that understand you, that, you know, 
truly understand this feeling. And so I joined and it was the first time I didn't feel alone. And that was really pivotal for me because I think that's when I found them. I found them January 2nd because January 1st, I actually called a suicide hotline literally at, at midnight because as much as I wasn't feeling suicidal because I knew I couldn't do that to my dad, I couldn't do that to my grandmother, I couldn't even do that to myself, but I felt very much alone and I didn't know anyone who wouldn't judge me to, you know, have a conversation with. So I called them and I spoke to a woman and I truly believe that I was meant to, you know, have that moment because she made me feel not judged. She didn't make me feel ashamed of myself or make me feel stupid. And it was such an amazing experience, which is why I feel confident enough to have these conversations now to share my story to, you know, just to have this open space for victims to feel like they can share something that's a very vulnerable and sensitive topic. And so, you know, speaking the truth is very hard. And I know like victims get a lot of shade for it, but I think most times we're in a vulnerable place where these predators come and take advantage of you. So if, if I can help someone with that through my story, that's, that's a great and amazing feeling. So that's why Nikki agreed to talk with us because maybe someone won't feel so alone if they go through a crime like this. You know, imagine someone listening to this podcast who has just been through what you've been through. What what kind of things would you say to them? Gosh, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm reliving that feeling. So it's like so many emotions right now overwhelming me. I would love for those people to start sharing their stories because I think it helps so many people not to feel alone because I know that feeling. I I went through that feeling of thinking that I was so stupid, naive, and like I can never share my story with anyone because I'm scared of judgment and stuff. But I think opening up has helped me heal, actually, opening up about it and finding the silver lining and finding the learning in this situation is so great. And so if I can help anyone or if anyone's experience in this is to be okay with, you know, failures, because that is a mistake and it wasn't your fault. Most times it's not our faults. It's just the people that, you know, find our weaknesses. And most times we're doing the right thing. You know, there's good intentions usually with why we're doing it. And so if I can make others to feel okay, like, yes, it was a mistake, but it's not going to be the end of the world, then that's an amazing feeling. And that amazing feeling is the result of Nikki's amazing ability to look on the bright side. She's now closer to her father than she ever imagined. In more ways than one, living with him in their RV with parks and waterfalls right outside the door. We were always close when I was a child. He was a stay-at-home dad. So when he, you know, divorced my mom, it was hard for me to not have him around a lot. So it feels like a catching up in a sense. And I will know for a fact when I get older that I will be so grateful for this time and these times and moments and memories with my dad because I don't think a lot of young 20-year-olds can say that. And so, and especially I think being a daughter, I think sometimes the relationships are always stronger with mothers and my dad and I have always been strong. So it's a wonderful connection and I'm so, so grateful. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. 
as an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash your moment today. What a beautiful relationship Nikki and her dad have. And what an awful experience with investing and with cryptocurrency. Here to talk more about our relationship with investing is one of the best in the business. You know her from decades on TV as one of the leading voices in personal finance. I was lucky enough to work in television with her for many years at NBC. My name is Jean Chatsky. I think most people probably know me because I was the financial editor for the Today Show for 25 years. So we got dressed together. But I've also been AARP's financial ambassador for a decade now and write a column for AARP, the magazine. And I run a company called Her Money Media, which does financial content for women. What is it like to work for the Today Show for 25 years? I think, look, it was the best job. It was it was incredibly fun to have a, a, a ringside seat for all of the things that went on in that studio over over 25 years. And, and I was really, really pleased to be a part of it. And those were big 25 years. I mean, we're talking about the dot-com bubble, the housing bubble, right? Yeah, yeah. The the recession, the Great Recession, it, it, it was. It was a very big, very big 25 years and a very big 25 years in the way that individuals approached their money, right? It was really the era where we started to feel this sense of greater responsibility for our own retirement, our own healthcare, health plans, and stepped up to start taking control. So I was pleased to be able to help people do that. For Jean, understanding financial markets runs in the family. I grew up with a grandfather who was a stock trader and not by profession. By profession, he was a film projectionist. But I used to go with him to his brokerage firm and sit there and watch his stocks. He would sit there and watch the ticker go by. And we forget that, that you know, it wasn't until the 90s that we were able to look at how the markets were were doing minute by minute on our computers by putting Yahoo Finance on our home screen, right? It, it really has been a very rapid uptake by consumers in, in historical terms. And the fact that now, all, if you want to make a trade, all you have to do is sign on to an app is pretty amazing. And, you know, I was honestly just reminiscing with you, but this is spot on to the topic we're going to talk about today, because while I think this is a really exciting development, it gives people an awful lot of freedom to take care of themselves, it's also a pretty dangerous weapon, right? It's a very dangerous world out there. And and the fact that the financial landscape right now is so fraught with inflation and market volatility and fear, and the fact that we've got an ongoing pandemic it's just making things worse because as you know far better than I know, this is when scam artists come out of the water. This is this is when people look to take advantage of, of other people. And 
the fact that we've opened ourselves up to all the conveniences that being connected in this digital global world offers us also gives these thieves a lot of different inroads to get at our money and get at our data. And that's dangerous. And most of us, the vast majority of us, don't A, know what precautions to take to protect ourselves and B, actually take those precautions. I'm just thinking even before we get to the scammers out there, you know, the fact that, you know, I could hang up with you, open an account at an electronic trading house, put all my money into something and, and lose it quickly. I mean, in the past, there would have been some speed bumps before I could do that, right? Yeah, you might have had to actually talk to a person on a phone or walk into a branch or provide proof that you were who you said you were. I asked Jean what she thought of Nikki's experience. Oh, first of all, I thought it, I, I thought it was so sad. My heart went out to her, but I thought her father, oh my gosh, what a guy, right? I mean, what a guy to to give her a hug and tell her that they'll get through it and and not not throw around blame. He's a lot closer to retirement than she is, and this is going to impact him a lot more than it's going to impact her. So I I just thought what a champ. If you weren't feeling allergies at that moment of the story, I don't know what's wrong with you. But what exactly. A, what a sweet man, yeah. One of the first things Jean noticed about the story, and about so many investment stories that end badly, is the natural human impulse to keep up with whatever everyone else is doing. At the moment, that means crypto. Anytime you can sense FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, taking hold, you are likely to make really bad decisions. First of all, one of one of my money rules is that by the time there is a bandwagon, it's too late to get on it, right? By the time <laughs> that the crowd has rallied around the fact that tech stocks are the thing to be in or dot-com stocks are the thing to be in or tulips, if you go all the way back to the 1700s, are the things to be in, you have missed it. And it doesn't mean that you can never make money in in this particular asset or by investing in this particular asset. It just means that you have to be more educated and more careful and move more slowly in order to make sure that this investment makes sense for you. And so where crypto is concerned, Look, there are a lot of people who still believe that crypto is going to be part of our future, that, that yeah, we're going through a down period for it right now, but we will continue to see innovations in, in crypto, in Web3, in the metaverse, and that there, there is money to be made there. But it's incredibly risky, which is why my advice to people who think that they want to have a piece of this in their portfolio is treat it like you would any other very volatile, very risky asset. No more than one to 2% of your portfolio belongs in crypto. You want a dollar cost average into it. You want to diversify 
because there are many different types of cryptocurrencies. So you can open an account with a Coinbase, which is a reputable marketplace. You can choose different types of currency that you want to invest in. You can put a little bit of money into them every single time you get paid or every single month, much like you do with your 401k. But this is not the place where you put the money that you need for anything over the next couple of decades. This is play money at this point. Here are a few other things Gene thinks we can learn from Nikki's story. We don't invest in things that we don't understand. And if if you want to invest in them, then, you know, you take time to get a true education before you put your real money on the mark. Number two is, you know, we don't trust people that we've never met with our money. There are a couple of questions that I get asked every time I go out to speak. And one of them is, how do I find a financial advisor that I can trust? And it's an excellent question because you are looking for somebody that you can put faith into when it comes to your money. You look for somebody who's a fiduciary, who is you know, legally bound to put your interests ahead of their own. You look for somebody with experience. You look for somebody with a proven track record. And yeah, you look for somebody that you can actually meet in person where you can go to the office and meet the other people who are working there. And she didn't do any of those things. You know, she took the word of a stranger who said they were an expert, who said that they could they could be her guide. And, you know, we do this sometimes when we're feeling so at a loss as far as our own abilities that we we want somebody to prop us up and give us the easy answers. But Falling into those easy answers is is almost always a mistake. Anyone who comes into a surprising windfall of money is particularly vulnerable. If you get an inheritance, if you get any sort of a windfall, that is a signal to A, take it slow, but B, get some real professional advice. Windfalls are whether they are lottery wins or inheritances or whatever, they are once in a lifetime opportunities and you don't want to blow it. And that means making sure that you have qualified people in your corner to help you figure out what your goals actually are and then help you structure a plan to meet those goals. I asked Jean if she had the chance to talk with Nikki in the middle of this experience especially if Jean had doubts about the advice Howe was giving her, what would she have said? Wow. I I mean, I think I would just say, you know, depending again on what I knew, depending on what I knew that the overall crypto market was doing at that time, I I think I would just say, really? You know, really? I, I think all somebody needed to do was cause enough doubt that she would look at it again. And it's quite possible that the money was already gone at that point, you know, that these were phantom gains and that as soon as she transferred the money in, the money was transferred out. It it seems to me that 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 looks like what happened. It's just sad and it's just it's just devastating. But it, it maybe it would have prevented her from making the next transfer into the account. And that would have been that would have been a good thing. 
It's always hard to tell someone that you're worried they're making a big mistake. But I like what you said because I think we all have friends who are in, say, a dating situation that's obviously not right for them. But you can't tell them he's wrong for you. Break up with him. That doesn't work, right? You gotta you gotta approach it more gently. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely, right? If you if you are if somebody's dating somebody and you tell them, well, this guy is a jerk and you shouldn't be spending any time with him, and re- you know, if you if you take too hard a line, your friend is going to turn on you. They're not going to turn on the guy. But if you start pointing out real behaviors that maybe you don't like or that make you a little nervous, then you can start to get them to take another look at the situation. I might have asked questions. What cryptocurrencies are you investing in? How are they doing compared to the overall crypto market. How did, how did he learn about crypto? How, how did, you know, and, and if she could have realized that there were a lot of things that she didn't know and didn't bother to ask, then, then maybe she would have taken a second look, but it's really hard to say. We talked a little bit about gender and age dynamics and how they can play a role in crimes like this. I think age is always representative of knowledge right so there's there's that but yeah we we live in this world where men still run the majority of fortune 500 companies and financial services firms where we have never had a woman sitting in the oval office we imbue men with smarts that they may not necessarily have i hope that that's changing it's certainly not changing fast enough and and so i think you're right i think i think that is something that that does happen and i think the fact that a lot of these scams are originating on dating sites, originating from a a potentially romantic relationship that maybe isn't romantic, but becomes something else. There's almost this feeling of, well, if I if I like this guy enough to maybe go out with him, maybe I should trust him enough to listen to him as far as my money is concerned. Many women are insecure about their knowledge of money, but they shouldn't be. And that insecurity can be exploited. Women are often slower than men to pick up investing. When we do it, we're great at it. In fact, there are a lot of surveys that show that the returns that women earn are better than the returns that men earn, particularly because we tend to be more buy and hold investors. We don't we don't trade around as much and trading around tends to actually cost you money. But the fact that it takes us a while to get there is costly because if you can get yourself investing at a very young age and keep yourself invested through your working life into retirement that's that's really how you do how you do best i like the idea of just getting going and simultaneously learning on the side and and by learning there are a number of different things you could do you can start reading the wall street journal you can start reading the money section of usa today you can start reading any number of of blogs online or websites you can you can turn on cnbc for a half an hour a day and start listening to that as as your background noise 
You've already mentioned lots of research shows that women are, are more patient and therefore do better at investing, but maybe a lot of people hearing that will be surprised by that. Uh, maybe surprised because they haven't taken a look at at the research or or surprised because the research is is relatively new. You know, the the unfortunate fact for older women investors is that we have been under the thumb of of a, a gender wage gap that has persisted for decades. That means that we have been able to funnel less money, fewer dollars into our retirement accounts. And that when we get to retirement, especially when you combine the smaller balances in our in our 401ks and other retirement accounts with the fact that we've taken breaks from the workforce that have potentially cost us in social security credits, we're going to have less money for retirement. And we're going to need to make that money last a longer period of time because we're going to go out and outlive our spouses by a good five years. And that's really scary. You know, that is really, really scary for for a lot of women. That fear can be a tool for criminals, too. I do think that, again, the environment that you're describing is one that scammers can easily prey on, right? I, I'm in my 50s. I got to catch up. I got to do something drastic. And that the scammer can walk right into that. And drastic is, is I mean, at any point in your life, unless it's a, unless you're deciding to make a drastic and positive change in your savings rate, I would say drastic investing moves are never, never the order of the day. What would Jean say to Nikki now? I would say, Nikki, you know, you are so fortunate that you're young. You've got time on your side. And most people who become financially successful and financially secure do it the boring, old-fashioned way. They put money in a retirement account over time. They keep adding to it. They buy in markets of all shapes and sizes. They, They keep working. And and eventually you'll get there. And the good news is you are never going to do this again. And what would Nikki say to someone who was going through the same kind of crime that she lived through? I would say for someone who might be going through that particular situation that I've been going through, just be careful, slow down, be cautious. I really now don't trust anyone in terms of like if they're, you know, saying they'll help you invest Go to a real financial person advising that or at least meet this person. You know, I know you can still be scammed by in person, but like just take it slow. Like don't don't feel rushed, especially with cryptocurrency. I know like social media and stuff and just how it works. It's so volatile. If there is an instinct where you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right, but I'm doing well, I would just trust your gut and and your gut usually steers you clear because there was little moments of red flags that I should have trusted my gut and I didn't. But now, you know, looking back, I'm like, okay, I need to believe in myself more instead of trusting this person that I just met. And how is Nikki today? I'm feeling a little bit relief. I know that's a strange term, but I feel relief in terms of I can feel like I can finally share my story freely in terms of feeling, you know, the first couple of times I felt very painful going through this story, but now I can be objective and and learn from my mistakes. Another word is, oh gosh, just sorrow. I would say it was just such a painful experience 
and I would never wish my worst enemy on this feeling. And then I would guess, gosh, I'm trying to think of other words because I just have so many mixed emotions. I would say, sorry, I am trying to figure out good words for this. It is. It very much is. I was once told the most genuine feelings are the hardest ones to put words to. Yeah. I mean, it's, I wish there was a word to explain everything because it's not, it's, you know, there's good and bad really. And I think a lot of people could just spew the bad, but I think there is resilience. I, I don't know if that's a good feeling, but there is resilience. And I feel like I've grown from this experience and it shows how resilient I am. I would say healing another one. I want to try to be positive because I think it's a part of my chapter and it's always will be a part of me, but it's not going to define me. This doesn't define who I am. You have a remarkably positive attitude. Thank you. Thank you. If you have been targeted by a scam or fraud, you are not alone. Call the AARP Fraud Watch Network Helpline at 877-908-3360. Their trained fraud specialists can provide you with free support and guidance on what to do next. Thank you to our team of scam busters, executive producer Julie Getz, researcher Haley Nelson, associate producer Annalie Embry, and of course our audio engineer Julio Gonzalez. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP's The Perfect Scam, I'm Bob Sullivan.